Well, good morning. Welcome to Woodmont on this um, tailgate, costume Sunday, Halloween weekend. Uh, great to see you here. We're uh, trying to let everybody or some people be casual because some of our kids are in their costumes. I saw the one boy running down the center aisle holding his sword up. This is quite a paradox in the, in the church, but it's good to see the kids um, excited, and I, and I welcome you this morning. You know, somebody asked me walking in, they said, so when the, when the Titans play the Cowboys, I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan, so I'm wearing this, you know, who are you going to cheer for? And I said, I'm just going to sit back and realize that I can't lose on that day. So that's, you know, lifelong Cowboys fan, cheer for the Titans. I like them both. This past week on Wednesday, our staff uh, had its, we kind of do twice a year a fall and a spring retreat. And we went out to Bethany Hills Camp, which is, a 300-acre uh, parcel of land that's owned by our region, our denomination, in Kingston Springs, Tennessee, uh, about 30 minutes outside of town. So we went out there, and uh, we did kind of a, a half-day retreat, 9 to nine to 2 o'clock. And um, this time of year, with the leaves turning and the fall colors, it was absolutely beautiful. But I want you to know that, that as we um, were there, a lot of memories came flooding back to me. I, I grew up at Bethany Hills. Uh, my faith was formed there. My call into the ministry was, uh, Bethany Hills played a really big role in, in that. And that's the first place where I met folks like Tolu and Roy Schuyler and David Lofton and Brad McDowell and Elizabeth King and some of the Quins and many of the people that I now call friends in, in my adult life. And so as we were walking around the grounds on Wednesday, I, I was just having all these memories come back to me. I remember the many times we sat around the campfire playing the guitar and singing our favorite camp songs. I remember all the guys coming up to the lodge late at night to serenade the girls, uh, mostly off-key, but singing Edelweiss and You Are My Sunshine, whatever else we could come up with. Uh, I remember shaving cream fights in the football field, and, and not flag football games, but tackle football games, where one time my pinky was pointed this way, I had to go and get it set uh, at Bethany Hills. I, I remember dances in the great room, and square dancing in the rec hall, and and I remembered meaningful conversations that I've had over the years with mentors and older ministers who played a really important role in shaping and forming my faith. I remembered night hikes uh, through the woods with the moon and the stars shining above, some that were sanctioned and some that were not sanctioned when we were there. Um, you didn't hear that, youth, by the way. I, I remember talent shows and senior nights in the great room, crying and laughing and saying goodbye to friends and to seniors every year. But Mostly, I just remembered a sacred place that has always had a special place in my heart, and in a place that feels magical and, and, and spiritual, and a place where I have always felt close to God. Do you have a place like that in your life? A place where you can go and escape the, the hustle and the, and the bustle of, of our stressful lives, to get away, to disconnect, to recharge, to feel the presence of God in your midst, to share meaningful conversations with another person? Do you have a place maybe even in town where you can go and escape the stress and pressure that you feel day in and day out? When I first came to Nashville, Radnor Lake was that place and, and more recently it's been Percy Warner Park because we live closer to that and I, my cousins are here this morning and I think of their house. They live off Sneed Road and we, they don't live that far away but when we go out there it feels like we're away and we're out kind of in the country in the rolling hills of Middle Tennessee. The truth is, we all need this because we're busy people. We're rushing from one activity to the next. We're putting more things on our schedules than we can actually accomplish. You know, we always seem to be in a, in a perpetual hurry looking ahead to what is next, 
not paying close attention to what we are doing right now because we're worried about where we need to go or where we need to be, or, or we get our phones out. And, and can, you, can you think about how much these devices have contributed to the distraction in our culture that when we don't know what to do or when we have a few down minutes, what do we do? We pull these things out and we start scrolling through email and text messages and social media. It's almost like we can't be still. We're, we're in this sermon series that started last week on the fruit of the Spirit. And say it's called the fruit of the Spirit, but there are nine different fruits that Paul names in Galatians. What are they? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, sorry, patience, kindness, generosity, used to be called goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I told you last week that of the nine, you probably have three that you need to work on. And of the three, you probably have one that you really need to work on and get more of in your life. And so I think that if we're serious about our faith and if we're serious about following Christ, then these things will be evident in the way that we talk, in the way that we act, in the way that we treat other people. Now, will we fall short? Absolutely. There are times when we get stressed out. We're so fearful, we're so tired, we're so exhausted, beat down, that we get angry, we get frustrated, we, we lash out at people, and, and we don't embody these virtues. We're all guilty of that because we're all human. But the more we grow in our faith, the more we pray, the more we reflect and worship, the more we surrender, the more we will embody these fruits of the Spirit on a regular basis. It really is a choice that you make in your life. Remember the two branches that I brought last week? They're not here. One of them was disintegrated. But one of them was lush and green, and one of them was, was dead and dried up. And, and I said, do you see these two branches? They both came from the same tree. What's the difference? One of them had received water and, and sunlight and nourishment. The other one was dried up and, and, and basically would make good kindling for a fire. And so many times we live our lives like that dried up branch because we're not feeding our soul. We're not putting anything back into our hearts, and we feel like we're worn out, burned out, and we got nothing left to give. Jesus says in John's gospel that Pharaoh read, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them will bear much fruit, because apart from me, he says, you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. So how do we abide in Christ? That's an important question. It would not. We answer it every week. We say this is what we do. We think there's three things you can do to abide in Christ. The first is we worship regularly, like weekly if you can, uh, because we know that that's the place where we place God at the center of our lives. That's where we pray. That's where we hear the word and we connect and grow. You know, worship is essential. Somebody asked Mike Glenn, he was here speaking to our leaders last weekend, and they said, you know, what do we tell people who say that they don't get anything out of worship? And you know what Mike Glenn, pastor of Brentwood Baptist Church, a friend of mine said, he goes, he goes, the Bible says nothing about you getting anything out of worship. It's what you bring. It's what you give. And, 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 and if you come to worship just thinking, what can I get out of it, then you have the wrong mindset. This is the only time of the week when we make God the priority and we say that we're putting God first and ourselves second. 
Now, of course, you'll get things out of worship, but that's not the primary goal. Then we say that we intentionally connect with others, small groups, classes. You know, Christianity cannot be done alone. It's a communal faith. We need each other. We learn and we feed off each other. Um, good luck being a Christian by yourself. You remember the story I've, I've told some of you over the years about the pastor that went to visit the guy who had not been in church for a while, and he drove out to the country, and the man was sitting by a fire, and he let the minister in, and, and the minister didn't say anything, and the guy was just sitting there, and he goes, you know, I just don't get it. I, I don't know why I need to go to church to be a Christian. I don't know why I have to be there. I pray. I read my Bible. You know, I talk to God, and, and, and the church is full of hypocrites and people who say one thing and do something else. They don't even live out what they say. And, and, and without saying a word, the minister reached into the fire and he moved one of those hot burning coals away from the fire. And the guy watched it as it just slowly burned out over off to the side. It became ash and cold. And the man said, okay, okay, say nothing more. I'll be there next Sunday. And then we serve. We use our gifts to serve and give back to a hurting world. We, we have to serve others. We have to use our gifts to serve others because we all have spiritual gifts and the world needs a lot of help. The world needs us to use our gifts to make a difference in the lives of other people. And one way you can do that in another month or so is walk through Bethlehem. We need you to be a part of it. Not just to walk through it, we need you to be in costume and to be a part of it. So to embody the fruits of the Spirit, we have to remain in Christ, connected to Christ, and that's what the church is all about. He's the vine, we are the branches, and we must remain connected to him. So last week I talked about the first two. Um, I talked about love and joy. And today I want to talk about peace and patience. Because our world, and Clay Stauffer, and I think maybe most people in this room, need more peace and patience in their lives. There are specific things that keep us from experiencing peace and patience on a regular basis. Um, the first and foremost is fear. Fear of things that may or may not happen. Um, fear of the future, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of judgment. It's really hard to find peace when you're always afraid and you're always experiencing anxiety. And fear manifests itself in different ways in our lives. And sometimes I'm convinced, or I've at least seen this in myself, I don't even understand some of the ways that fear is manifesting itself. And then there's, you know, there's, there's, there's busyness, and, and that keeps us from, from experiencing the, the peace of Christ. And there's conflict, and, and there's, there's our ego, and there's pride, and there's wanting to think, yes, you know, we have our flaws, but, but really we are important, right? I mean, tell me, tell me, tell me I'm important. I need you to see me as important because I really do try to be a good person. And, and then there's times when we get angry, and, and we get mad about certain things, and, 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 and anger Anger is one of those things that some people deal with more than others. If you study the Enneagram, you know some people deal with anger. That's my, uh, that's my whatever it's called, quadrant. Then some people deal with guilt and shame, and, and some people deal with fear. Usually one of those three wins out in your life. But, but, but anger is when we basically take something out on somebody else and it has nothing to do with that person or that situation, but it was already building in our minds, and it comes out at the wrong time. And then there's financial pressures. I mean, things are expensive, right? There's inflation, and, and there's paying the bills, and there's trying to take care of family, and, and sometimes it doesn't seem, it seems like every month we're just trying to, to get by, and we can't save, and we, we can't get ahead. So, so we need to experience more peace. 
We, we need to experience more love, more joy. Um, there's, there's lots of things in life that throw us off of our axis, that throw us off of our center, and we don't feel like sometimes we can get back on unless we can develop spiritual disciplines, unless we can learn to pray to God and ask for the peace that passes understanding, unless we can find a friend uh, like I had on, on Friday uh, and then Friday evening, I played golf with some friends and had a friend come over to just talk to me and that makes all the difference in life. When somebody who cares about you comes over to talk, what do we need to do to experience th that peace in our lives? What do we need to do to, 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 to not get so upset and worked up and fearful and mad and afraid that we lash out or we say things we don't really mean towards people that we love? That's an important question that we all have to ask. There's lots of ways there's lots of ways that, that we can find more peace in our lives. There, there's lots of ways that, that we can surrender to God and, 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 and find um, a, a place to go away where we can reflect. I mean, that's what our staff did this week uh, as, as we went away and we reflected and, and, we, uh, and we just spent time with each other. That matters. You know, that really, really matters matters when it comes to life. I want to talk to you this morning about how we can experience this. And, and, and specifically, you know, I want to talk to you about how, how we can know that, 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 that we're going to be okay even when life feels like it's, it's just out of our control. How can we know that, that things are going to be okay um, even when it feels like the world is, is spinning out of control and and we're not doing a good job of taking care of ourselves. I left this part of my sermon right here. That's what I was looking for. So anyway. <laughs> Here's what I want to say. It's an honest mistake. You know, I shared it with you guys, right? I, I want to say that, that, that this world is a very busy and, and, and stressful place and sometimes you know we feel like we get into this cycle where we we can't slow down and and we feel like we we, we can't slow down and we can't stop and we can't we, we can't be with the people that we love and we can't treat the people that we that we love the way we want to treat them because they mean a lot to us but we're stressed out and we're fearful and remember you know fear creeps in when we least expect it we might think we're doing just fine we might think we're, we're, we're being patient. We might think that we're being uh, loving. But, 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 but guess what? That's, that's not what often happens. It's not. Sometimes we are under stress that we don't even see. We don't even understand. Um, we, we, we don't even know uh, that, that, that somebody else has, has gotten us so worked up and so upset and so, um, and, and, and so just afraid that we don't live the way we know God calls us to live. And we don't rely on the people that we know God wants us to rely on. How do we find peace in our hearts? How do we find peace in our hearts when we look around and we see that, that all is not right with the world? When we look around and we see that, 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 
there are things that are wrong, that there are people who are hurting, that there are things who are broken, that there are words that are said, that, that there are politics that are divisive, that, 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 that things are just not, not what's wrong with the world. And you remember that, that story of, of the man who one time they called into a radio show and they, 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 they said, what's wrong with the world? Well, what can we do to make it better? And the guy picked up the phone and he said, he goes, I am, sir. Human beings. We have so many gifts, so many things that we do that are good, but then we get stressed out and we get afraid and we get fearful and we get hurt and we lash out at the people that we love and we say things that we don't really mean and, 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 and we don't really know why we do this because we kind of know it when we do it and then we're ashamed of ourselves later and we say, why did I do that? It's fear. It, it, it's fear that, that, that took over. Um, it, it's It's fear. Somebody once said, watch your thoughts because they become your words. And watch your words because they become your actions. And, and watch your actions because they become your habits. And, and, and watch your habits because they become your character. And watch your character because it becomes your destiny. So the first thing that I would say this morning is that if we want to experience more peace in our lives, more peace in our hearts, we have to start right here. You can't wait on other people to bring it to you. That doesn't work. Have you noticed they never bring it to you? <laughs> you have to start right here. Robert Schuller famously said, do you want peace in your family? Do you want peace in your community? Do you want peace in other races and other cultures? There will not be peace anywhere as long as there is war going on in your heart and in your soul. And guess what? I think we live in a time where more and more people have wars going on in their heart and their soul. And, and, and the way we know this is because of the way that they lash out and the way that they treat people that don't deserve to be treated poorly. We know this because so many times you can be with a person in a room or at a party and you can see that they're just not present. They're just distant. Um, they're not there. We're preoccupied. We have so much coming at us all the time that we can't focus on what, what really matters. The second thing I would say is if we want to experience peace in our lives, then we have to learn and practice the virtue of patience. Patience is the fourth fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. But patience is not easy. And I think patience is learning delayed gratification. It's learning that everything in your life is not going to happen on the schedule that you want it to happen on. Um, it's learning that, that even the people that you love the most will, will disappoint you and hurt you and let you down. And you have to be willing to forgive them. Because guess what? They're human too. Patience is the fourth fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience. But patience is not easy. Uh, the, the, the world, I think, is one continuous opportunity to practice Patience, if you drive around this town, you get to practice patience, right? <laughs> if you raise children, you get to practice patience. If you have a teenager, you get to practice patience. Sorry, guys, but we do. It's a discipline. It, it, it's something that we have to keep working on because not everything in life happens when we want it to happen and as we want it to happen. Third, if we want to experience peace, then we have to learn 
and practice the power of forgiveness and letting things go. You know, everybody here this morning has something in common. We've all been done wrong. We've all been lied to. We've all been taken advantage of. And we've all felt betrayed at some time in our lives. Somebody's ignored us. Somebody hasn't thanked us. We all have that in common. And Jesus taught us to forgive because you cannot live your life any other way and still experience inner peace. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget. I mean, I I know the people that have hurt me. But it means you choose to let it go. That you don't just keep carrying it with you because you might think you can hold that over somebody, but you're the one that loses when you do that. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that you set yourself up to be hurt again. You've heard me say over the years, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You might keep a safe distance, but you still got to let it go. People must forgive in life because if you don't forgive, you're the one that suffers. You're the one that keeps carrying it forward. You're the one that's drinking the poison and waiting on somebody else to die. That's how somebody wants to find resentment. Fourth, if we want to find peace in our lives, I really believe this. And I'm going to tell you this morning, this is going to be a do as I say, not as I do. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now. And if you know me, you'll know what I mean. To find peace in our lives, we have to set schedules and have expectations that are realistic. You know, as a culture, we tend to overcommit. We tend to take on more than we can actually get done in a day, in a week. Um, I love Farrell Mason. Exhibit number one, right over here. There's nothing she can't do, right? I'm the same way. I'll say yes and yes and yes and then realize, holy cow, how am I going to get all this done this week? And so what we do is we don't build downtime. We pack our weeks and our weekends with everything under the sun. But guess what? Busyness is a problem. And it's a problem that we need to address, especially young families. I mean, kids play like four sports at one time. That's insane. But we do it because we might have the next Babe Ruth, right? Or the, the next Aaron Rodgers. We can't, can't miss the league, but you don't need to play flag football and basketball and baseball and soccer at the same time. That's insane. But we do it. We don't want to be left out. I'm really good at talking about how we need to set schedules that are realistic, and I'm not very good at living it. And I'm telling you that this morning, confession. But what's been lost in our busy culture is the biblical concept of Sabbath. Sabbath for worship and for family and for rest. It's a part of the rhythm of life as God has designed it. And we all need rest and renewal. And we all need to make sure that we're not taking on more than we can handle. There is a rhythm to life that we have to find. Matthew Kelly wrote a great book called The Rhythm of Life, and it's really good. Honor Sabbath. And if your kid's got a football tournament on Sunday morning, shame on WNSL, right? But find another time to honor Sabbath. Lastly this morning, finding peace, I think, means not getting sucked into unnecessary conflict with combative and manipulative people. You remember middle school? Usually like after, the, uh, after lunch when everybody's outside, somebody goes up and says something to somebody, you know, trying to pick a fight. And then a lot of middle schoolers are like, well, I got to respond, right? And before you know, they're fighting on the ground. You don't have to respond to everything that's said to you. Adults could pay attention to that lesson. Sometimes we need to remember it takes two to tango. It's always taken two to fight. 
If somebody's combative and manipulative and passive-aggressive and you get tangled up with them, then, then you have to play by their rules or you're going to lose. But many times I think avoidance. That's what Jesus talked about. Turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. Don't engage it. You know, this is simply refusing to get drawn into a fight. Sometimes I think silence can be the best response when people say something that hurts or, or that we don't want to hear. It's possible to love another person and still not get drawn into their drama. You don't have to play that game. Um, you know, I, I know a guy in this church who once told me that, that, that everything in life changed for him when he realized that he didn't have to fight every battle. He didn't have to go out and prove himself every time something went wrong. He wasn't a politician, by the way, but it was somebody who was trying to experience peace. Choose your battles wisely, and I would also add, and rarely. St. Francis of Assisi lived in the late 12th, early 13th century, and, and he became known as the patron saint of Italy. And, and, and he would become one of the most venerated figures in all of Christian history. Uh, he went from living a privileged life where he had wealth and money and everything, um, but he was miserable. And so you know what he did? He, he renounced all that, he gave it up, and he found a purpose. And then years later, years later, St. Francis who loved to spend time with animals, you know, my golden retriever, he'll calm me down, won't leave me alone, he'll calm me down. He would write this prayer that many of us know by heart, and this is one of those prayers that you can say in addition to the Lord's Prayer or what I call shooting prayers when you're going by certain situations. He wrote this prayer that we can still pray today. It said, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. And where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Jesus talked about turning the other cheek not responding to certain situations. And guess what? That also includes email and text messaging and social media posts. Jesus said, my, my, my peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. We know, we know that if we wait for the world to give us a sense of inner peace, if we wait for other people outside situations, it might never happen. But peace is found in your heart. And once you find that peace in God, then nobody else can take it away.